You are listening to the Hope of Israel Baptist Broadcast with our radio host, Dr. K. Daniel Freed. Over the next few weeks, we will be listening to excerpts of powerful preaching and singing from our national conference, which always takes place the week before Memorial Day. We pray that these live recordings will be a blessing and a help to you as you seek truth and a closer walk with God in these days of uncertainty. And now, here is our broadcast for today. Remember the Ark of the Covenant when it was brought in? The Ark of the Covenant wasn't the Lord. It just represented His holiness. Amen. And it held the the law of God. And they brought that thing in and placed it in the midst of that that building. Every morning, Dagon's head would be laying on the ground. Dagon was a God that had to be carried. But Israel had a God who would carry them. And we learn and understand that God desired. We heard it preached the other day. God desired. There's never been a time God has not desired fellowship with his people but when because of sin that barrier that wall of partition was up and God has provided a way to have that wall broken down so that we can again be reconciled reunited and have fellowship with a thrice holy God and so but he set all of this up through this beautiful nation known as Israel. In fact, no other nation has ever witnessed the miracles that Israel has. I wish I had the time to go through a bunch of those miracles. You know what they are. From the parting of the Red Sea, it's just miraculous. Even before they parted the Red Sea, they were down there in Egypt's land. And the ten plagues, man, they could look over at their neighbor and they were over there weeping and crying, getting ready to bury a child. And their child was sitting there in their arms because the blood had been applied. I look at God sending old Moses down there, throwing his staff down, it become a serpent. It would even eat the serpents uh, thrown down by the Egyptian astrologers. They come to the banks of the Red Sea, looked like everything was over. They were pushed up into a corner, and God told Moses to raise up his rod, and God took a wind. God took a wind. He didn't build a brick wall. I, I, I was preaching here a while back to our church. I said, can you imagine? It must have been somewhat intimidating. I'm sure it was all inspiring God didn't take his hand. He used the wind. If you've ever been in a windy situation, the wind comes and goes. You imagine walking through a sea and that wall sitting here swelling, that thing is swelling, and that wind is so strong it dried out. They wasn't walking through mud. They was walking on dry ground. God brought over two million Israelites through there. That wall of bulging, that water. Man, every once in a while, maybe, maybe a shadow come over. And there's a big bubble of water. But it wasn't coming down because God had hold of it. That was miraculous. They got to the other side. They didn't even know who God was. When Mo- God sent Moses, hey, Moses said, well, who do I tell him sent me? I am. Well, they started to learn in their journey and through the birth of a nation what it was to follow the miraculous hand and power of God. They got to the other side. God just held his breath and the waters come in and took out the Egyptians and it was such a mighty sight. The Bible said they began to sing. They began to rejoice. They were on a new walk, a new march, a new life in a new land on their way to the land of Canaan. They got out there in the midst of the wilderness and oh, they began to murmur and complain. Well, God was merciful. He'd give them a pillar of fire by nine, a cloud by day. Every morning when they get up in the morning, they could find it looked like a good old mountain 
snowfall when manna had fall out of heaven. He got to complain about the manna. So God just flooded them with quail. And yet for 40 years, they could look down at the same pair of shoes and the shoes would never wear out. When they were thirsty, God told Moses to smite the rock and thus came forth the waters. I'm telling you, it's miracle after miracle. Then when the old generation passed off the scene and went through the river Jordan, they came through and they finally crossed over. They went across that, that, that Jordan. The first city they encountered was Jericho, a city of giants, this mightily fortified uh, uh, city of a huge wall. They didn't go over there with tanks. They didn't go over an iron dome. They didn't have anything but God and trumpets. Amen. And they began to march and march. And they just followed the Word of God. And God did what no other army could do. God brought the walls down. God gave them a victory. And they marched on and took the land that God had promised unto Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. On and on through Israel's history, no other nation, even up into modern times, and this is in the last few days, there are miracles and miraculous. The existence of Israel among so many enemies today is a miracle. But it's a hand of God. So if you want to see the hand of God at work and how mighty He is, study the history of Israel. We see those miracles. It's a miraculous story. And then it's a story of infinite mercy. All oh, the mercy of God upon Israel. And I realize tonight as we look at this in Psalm 89 verse 28, He said, My mercy will I keep for Him forevermore, and my covenant shall stand fast with Him. His seed also will I make to endure forever, and His throne is the days of heaven. He did say this, If His children forsake my law and walk not in my judgments, if they break my statutes and keep not my commandments, then will I visit their transgressions with the rod and their iniquity with stripes. That's leading me to the point I want to deal with very quickly here as I close out. Nevertheless, my loving kindness will I not utterly take from him, nor suffer my faithfulness to fail. My covenant will I not break nor alter the thing that is gone out of my lips. I'm telling you what's protecting Israel today is the very voice of God, the very Word of God, the promises of God is what preserves a nation of Israel. And what's keeping America afloat is certainly not her righteousness. I think we're, we're running out of strands that can hold this thing up. But if we ever break that cord, that strand of our support with Israel, you might as well say goodbye to America. Now I'll tell you, people say, where's America in the Bible? I say, I don't know. You won't find it. I don't see it anywhere. But I'll tell you one nation I find in the end. It's Israel. When they've all come down, when they've all reached their end, I'm telling you there's one that'll still be standing under the power and the glory of God. You are listening to portions of the Hope of Israel National Conference, which takes place each year the week before Memorial Day. This is a prophecy meeting with an old-time revival spirit as Bible-believing Christians from around the country gather together to stand with Israel. If you would like a copy of today's message, please call us at 844-644-4426. Once again, that number is 844-644-4426. And now here is the remainder of today's broadcast. I'm preaching on all these points, but I don't have the 
the time to go into them, but I want to deal with one that I feel like God's laid upon my heart very quickly as I close out here in just a moment. Through Israel, through this history of Israel, when you go back to Jeremiah chapter number 31, the Bible said in verse 10, Hear the word of the Lord, O ye nations, and declare it in the isles afar off, and say, He that scattered Israel will gather him, and keep him as a shepherd doth his flock. Again, can I remind you, that's miraculous. God has put a nation back right in the middle of a, of a, of a region that sur- as, as, where she is surrounded by her enemies. In landmass, population size and all, she, it looks totally impossible for a nation like Israel to stand. But she stands strong today by the mighty hand of God. It's a miracle. And the regathering we see. I mean, we could spend an hour just looking at different scriptures and look back at actually how the regathering, the, the people are going back to Israel and rebuilding. But listen to this. He said this, For the Lord hath redeemed Jacob and ransomed him from the hand of him that was stronger than he. He didn't choose Israel because it's the biggest, mightiest nation. He chose them because he loved them. And he had a plan. God never just throws something out there and hopes it turns out right. No, God knows what he's doing. God does all things well. Amen. And so God provide redemption for every human being. The opportunity to come back and be reconciled unto God, redeemed from sin. He's going to put a path. And it was down through a nation of Israel that he would send a redeemer himself. Provide himself a sacrifice. But you know, you can't think of Israel either without verse 12 there. He said there, he said, They shall come and, and sing in the height of Zion and shall flow together the goodness of the Lord for wheat and for wine, for oil, and for young flock and the herd and their soul shall be as a water garden and they shall not sorrow anymore at all. Notice the, the singing. They're, uh, they're a musical nation. You don't think of Israel without the music. In fact, the sounds that we have of, of this be- the beautiful uh, uh, Israeli music and the things, that are, their anthems and so forth. My, what's going to be? I, I miss Gideon this year, and, uh, but we believe Miss Naomi will be playing in the millennial reign on Gideon. I don't, I don't know how she'll get him there, but I believe Gideon and Miss Naomi will be on a green hillside somewhere in the millennium playing that thing. Amen. I believe it. <laughs> All right. So, amen. All right. Verse 13. Then shall virgin rejoice and dance both young men old together for I will turn their mourning into joy and will comfort them and will make them rejoice from their sorrow. Israel loves to be. You know, it's amazing to me. I was looking recently at a, a lot of pictures that I discovered online in different places about the horrible sights of those who were starved to death in Auschwitz and, and all of that, how they strapped men down to a bed and they experimented by injecting all kinds of fluids into their body and they show them in writhing pain and the Nazis were standing there smiling, trying to determine whether or not that would be a good antidote for another. They were using them as test subjects. And then they showed people walking skin and bone out to an open graveyard ready to be shot. 
and yet they were holding hands and they would steal every once in a while. Amazing to me, you could find a smile on their face as they looked at each other because they felt they had each other. And the Jews today, they have a very strong bond. They have to because they're hated pretty much of all nations. People say, why do they hate them? Because Satan hates them. Satan understands this trail. Satan understands if Israel could be annihilated, if Israel could be gone. That's why there's this secular thinking going on through modern academia today. If we could just get that little speck out of the Middle East, we could have peace. Just get rid of that little nation and let all the big nations. They'd never have peace. And the problem is nobody ever put that nation there but God. And God will keep that nation there. Amen. That's their land. Amen. By the way. You are listening to portions of the Hope of Israel National Conference, which takes place each year the week before Memorial Day. This is a prophecy meeting with an old-time revival spirit as Bible-believing Christians from around the country gather together to stand with Israel. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16, the Word of God tells us, For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. The world will desperately seek for a wild explanation of why this has happened, but if you are left behind because of rejection of Christ, it will be too late for you. It is our hope and prayer that you will seek the Lord while He may be found, and that you'll call upon Him while He is near. If you do not have the peace of God that passes all understanding, or if you have questions, would you please call us? Our number is 844-644-4426. We strive to keep the phone lines open and we would love to speak with you. If you would like a copy of today's message, you can call that same number, 844-644-4426. Once again, that is 844-644-4426.